Cameron at his new club. It's not 15, I think he said. Not 15, you can hear the umpire saying. Wow, he couldn't hear a thing, Jeremy Cameron, and he's saying. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG. He's made it in the office. It's Monday. It's early this week because we've got the famous Bull Carnival on this week. MG's packing the bags. He's hosting uh, the Wednesday function down at the Cali. How are you, MG? Early start. No days off for the uh, Little Birdie crew this week, Nico. You've got us working under the pump. Uh, but how can you not love this week? We're finally back at the ball. Everyone's had a year off last year. Uh, I think they're a sellout already on the Thursday, yeah, so hard to get there. There, I think. Uh, I think the crowd Tuesday will be uh, pretty big for what it's normally. So, uh, looking forward to it. The uh, cars packed. There's plenty of beer in the boot, so we're ready to roll. Mm, a few guys that I know have packed on the Saturday. People pack and go early. Some some guys turn up on the Sunday. I tell you what. A little word of advice to uh, the newbies down there. On the Monday night, Jackie Higgins uh, sent us a message last night on Twitter. And uh, if you write yourself up on the Monday, I tell you what, it is the longest week and it'll be teary Tuesday and Thursday. It's uh, it's way for age on the drink. Anyone that can get through on the drink uh, for all four days, Monday included, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, it sorts the men out from the boys, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Um yeah, there's a lot of people going down today. Um, Monday, I, I can't get down there for Monday. We've obviously got things to do here, but um, the uh, there's a lot of scratchings on the Thursday for newbies yeah. going down. They run their race hard <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday. They go in with the best intentions. Some of them are well coached when they get down there and they try and take it easy on Tuesday, but you get down there, you back a winner early, uh, the beer starts to flow and all of a sudden you're at the Whalers at 2 in the morning. Yeah. Um, it's not looking good. Oh, it's uh, it's it's something to behold. So if you can't get there this year, make sure you get there next year. It is unbelievable. The bull, uh, we've got the uh, the bulldozer twenty twenty one punters club with uh, Top Sport. You go to your benefit section there. We're uh, we're filming the show at about one o'clock or quarter to one on Monday, and the banks. Uh, around 34,000, at the moment. So make sure you check that out. We're going to close it at 10.30 tomorrow morning on Tuesday, day one. It'll be the cutoff there. But uh, we're here to talk AFL and NRL. And uh, you're definitely not going to be driving a new car down to the bull. Yeah, the cat's going for an absolute fortune, MG. And uh, God, haven't you ragged up? You're angry. You've had the angry pills. It's like we've swapped roles. I'm the calm, cool, collected guy this week for this week's show. And here you are... Kicking the cat, kicking the dog, and you, yeah. you're very angry, aren't you? Uh, yeah, angry, disappointed. <laughs> had the uh, had the chopper booked uh, quarter time in the cat's game for the bull. Uh, upgraded accommodation and uh, didn't work out according to plan. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a sick beat necessarily, but up 29 points early. Uh, if they kick straight, probably had a game toasted in quarter time, to be fair. Um, and then the way it finished was not kind, so... Um, yeah, there was a lot of damage done at my house watching watching that game, unfortunately. So, like it was bin night last night, cleared all the decks. Uh, and Cameron, the uh, the mark. I just needed them heads up and the minus was going to be a bigger fill for me, but I just needed Geelong to fall over the line. I can't believe the umpires just can't can't leave the game alone, can they? Like all of a sudden it's been measured a 21.8 metre kick or whatever and they've paid it not the not travelled 15 metres. There's just so much AFL influence in matches at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was disappointing if you're involved, um, but that being aside, um, I, I just, you know, you'd like to almost hear from the umpire in that situation because the problem is not that it was necessarily late in the game as well. So, you know, obviously could have changed the result, wasn't. Um, given, but Jeremy Cameron would have been halfway between the uh, goal and point post on his left foot. So, 
you know, chances are he, he kicks that goal. But just the vision of it with having the point post and the goal post mm. in the background shows the ball covering clearly the 15 metres, makes it worse. Like, you know, some some around the middle of the ground, it's harder to measure and the umpires either call play on or mark and then some will go 10 metres and some will go 20 and one's called a mark, one's play on. But when you've got the vision of the uh, point post and the goal post and it travels the entirety the game on the line, um, yeah, I feel I feel a bit sorry for the umpire. You know, he's going to cop a lot of, lot of flack going forward. But I don't know, Geelong got lucky in round three with one where they stole one for Brisbane. One I guess maybe. they, uh, yeah, they take it back. So, um, yeah, not a good look and uh, sick beat for some of those uh, involved in the game. Mm, so a 29-point lead they coughed up. And there's a uh, the little tweet on the screen from me. I writ the... <laughs> I put a line through the Richmond Tigers on uh, on the Twitter sphere at halftime when Bulldogs were 19 points in front, and I copped a barrage of uh, Twitter messages back. And Tigers' pressure in the first half was abysmal. I didn't I didn't bet in the game until in play, yeah. uh, until after half time, and I kept reloading the Bulldogs. So I've done my absolute kyber on the Friday. I've copped up all my uh, my racing wins there, but. It was like a, someone had flicked a switch. You had Bulldogs on early and then Hardwick's obviously gone in and barreled them, season on the line type stuff. And then Richmond's pressure in the third quarter turned the Bulldogs, the Western Bulldogs, into, well, I'd say like an under-15s or under-18 side in ultra panic. And they just, they, they seem to lack all composure. And it's probably a, a good lesson for them for the future and for the finals. But the game plan went out the window. They didn't possess the ball and they were like deer in the headlights as if there was 30 seconds left in the match. But they did it all quarter. It was disgusting. And the standard of game, there's a few people coming out and said, oh, oh, what a great standard of match it was. The game was filthy. for The first half it was filthy for the Tigers and the second half was the Western Bulldogs. It was a, it was a shocking match. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, we, um, you know, you obviously watch the uh, the shows afterwards and stuff like that. Uh, first show, first crack. Um, I think it might have been Del Santo come on afterwards, and his first statement in that show was, "What a match!" I'm not sure what match they were watching in the studio, um, but he, he'd be advised to watch the replay because uh, it was a poor standard match. I thought the pressure wasn't there at all, mm. um, and it definitely they changed jumpers at halftime. Um, I had a few Texas early on, a few early crows. So I think there was too many people <laughs> mouthing the Bulldogs because there was a few asking questions of me early. Uh, how did I not tip the Bulldogs um, in the game? And they mm. all thought the line of ten was very yeah. light. Um, so yeah, if I was if I was involved in the game and smarter, I would have uh, backed <laughs> Richmond in the run, knowing the uh, some of the caliber of punters that uh, were texting me the mouthing <laughs> saying that uh, the Bulldogs are home. So. Um, yeah, it was a great it showed a bit of a bit of steel by Richmond. I mean, they, they don't have to prove anything what they've done the last four years, but off the Melbourne touch up, it was good. I tell you what, yeah, at half time, you mm. know, they may have looked looked around the room, mm. but uh, yeah, you're right. Um, the, not a good look for the Bulldogs. They, you know, it, they probably got showed up in the second half to have, have had Richmond not on the rack, but definitely under control. Um, to get beaten the way they did was um, was pretty poor. So it'd be interesting to see they, how they bounce back this week. And another team that was in total control was the Brisbane Lions. Uh, gee, they've been a cash cow for us for the last month, and then we've both jumped off them and backed Port Adelaide. And speaking of pressure, Port didn't give a yelp. I think there was a a, a free kick, I think, in the first oh, maybe 10 minutes of the match where they had a shot on goal and they've turned it over. I think Charlie Cameron had the ball, and there was a bit of an indiscretion, and then it cost them the goal. And then Brisbane went down the other end and kicked the goal, and then the game just ran away from Port. That was... They just didn't give a yelp after that indiscretion, that two-goal turnaround. Yeah. It uh, it was puzzling, wasn't it? Yeah, we've kind of seen it um, two weeks in a row now. West Coast went down to the Cattery um, the week before and didn't give a yelp either. It was like they just didn't want to be down there. Um, and and I think when you watch the uh, the Port game back, 
you're right. They they turned the lights out really early, Port, for for a team that's uh, had a pretty good start to the year. Well, definitely had a good start to the year. They're top four potential. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're littered a bit in their history, Port Adelaide, aren't they? They they love turning it up, mm, you know. Daniel skiers. Yeah, I think they are. They're a bit flat-track bullies, and I'm not sure. I mean, I would have thought last year what they did, they might have got that out of their system. But, you know, I'm I'm not sure about sides like this when, you know, West Coast a week before as well. You don't want to be on sides like this for the premiership um, when they can really turn games up like this and, and big games. You want to be more competitive, so... Um, yeah, again, the signs aren't bad. You know, they'll come back to Adelaide this week in the showdown and, you know. Touch them up probably. Yeah, probably. And then they'll say, oh, well, we've moved on. Bad game for us. And mm. they've touched up another poor side. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting next time Port play a, a potential uh, another top side, see how they go, especially away from home. Mm. They're not alone. The Cats have showing mixed form. D's were lacklustre. Um, maybe it's fatigue. Maybe it's the, the he's, he's back to the long quarters, sides managing themselves. But, yeah, the... The pressure element of matches at the moment seems to be the seems to be the key to all, all games. If yeah. sides there's not just there's not much between the, the top sides, and we're just seeing it off and on throughout the game. So yeah, yeah it's I a, think it's reflected in the premiership betting at the moment. Exactly, you were, you were talking to them before you said not much has really changed. No. Um, you know, we we kind of said that at the start of the year there'd be the top six or seven sides. Um, you know, that were in the betting. I'm not sure too much has changed. I know Sydney are high up on the ladder, and obviously it was a big win for them uh, to put the W on, but they're not in anyone's contention to actually win a premiership. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens uh, as, as the weeks go on. We'll have a look at uh, the bookie wrap now. There'll be a graphic up on the screen, but uh, I'll talk you through it if you're listening to the podcast at home. So round seven, we've had six out of nine favourites go, so that's 67%. The line's five and nine. 56%. The totals have gone 5 and 9 at 56. And then for the season, there's been 44 out of 63 favourites. The line's gone 34 and 63 at 54%. And then the total 33 and 63. So it's uh, it's pretty even Stevens there. And there wasn't too many big moves. There's a couple of points sort of here and there and the totals. There just wasn't as big a shifts. And even the rain about, well, there was Eagle Farm, which copped an absolute deluge in Brisbane. But uh, even those conditions were not too bad. Now, the sting in the tail for this week, we've sort of already touched upon the umpires. We've touched upon Jeremy Cameron, the the mark that wasn't paid, but there was another deliberate out-of-bounds mark in the uh, in the Geelong and Sydney game. In the last 30 seconds? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a great finish to the game, full stop, and it would have been interesting to see if uh, the siren was another one or two seconds away where they're, uh, the umpire in question... Mm. Uh, Matty Nichols would have uh, actually uh, paid that decision as well because he was uh, he certainly wasn't given anything to Geelong late in the game. It was blatant out of bounds, uh, deliberate, which would have put him uh, around the fifty or mm. fifty five metres to kick back in. Uh, the Cameron mark was you know was clearly slated. It was a shocker, and uh, I'm not sure the whistle was up to the mouth for the uh, Selwood holding the ball on row bottom in the when the siren rang either. So um, yeah, it was um, the the umpiring. Uh, Again, it's been ordinary this week, but mm. what can we do? It's the norm. We just take it on board. Do you think the umpires' names are being censored out of the papers at the moment? Yes. For for, for games that are controversial only, or is it for all the games post game? You just don't, they they don't like to report who's who's umpired certain games. It's across multiple well, publications. Yeah. It's amazing that the AFL are doing that. Like the AFL are happy for coaches to be whacked and Buckley's. Being thrown under the bus by every media outlet outlet out there, 
but the AFL umpires seem to be getting censored out of um, match reports. Yeah, it was clearly stated in the um, the Herald Sun. They do their match reports for all the games on the Saturday. They listed the umpires uh, in all four of the five matches, and you know, um, surprisingly left them out in the Geelong uh, Sydney game. So I'm not sure why they did that. Um, but you know, of all the media reports, we you know, and you can just go into Google and whether it's Fox Sports, Channel Nine, mm. um, the Age Herald Sun, um, all just refer to it as either the whistleblower, the umpire in question. Um, you know, the, no umpires are ever named. So, um, you know, I'm I'm sure the AFLs are very protective of the umpires. They know it's hard to get new umpires in, mm. um, and maybe you know that that's part of the problem as well. That either you know they're not paying enough. The accountability's not there, the training, the education. I mean, I'm not sure how much the AFL keep reviewing uh, the process of the umpires. I'm sure they do because it's, you know, it's a weekly occurrence mm. that we have to comment on of how bad it is and support a feedback. But maybe that's what the AFL, the underlying tone that keeps the AFL a lot in the media, that they rely on, um, you know, talkback radio, the press and the media actually talking about the umpires. Mm. Because when you think about it, um, you know, there's probably four or five or six topics every week that are spoken about, and one of the constants is always the umpiring. Yep. And they know they roll out nine games a week, um, and, you know, the umpires uh, try and do their best, understand it's a difficult game, all the rest. Um, it's, a, it's not a new problem. But I think the AFL actually enjoy um, having the media talk about and all the people that go on to Twitter and social medias and, you know, either spray the umpires from either teams or whatever it is. So... I'm not sure the AFL even give us stuff about it really or, you know, just happy with it to go along and say, oh, well, it's a tough game to umpire. They do their best. Um, keep them out of the media. They don't let them be interviewed. There's no accountability. They just keep rolling on. Mm. So, you know, whether it's planned by the AFL, it's very good if it is because it's certainly uh, we talk about it on a weekly basis because the frustration through fans but is hard. It's hard. To, it's no, it's hard. I, I, there's a lot of occasions I just don't know where the free kick's going to go. and The Ruckman just confu- uh, Yeah, the ruck. The ruck Issues. They both turn around. They both go back, and yeah. then they one of them shrugs their shoulders. Mm. So it uh, yeah. it's frustrating stuff, and especially when it decides a game. Or um, yeah, yeah, if you're on the other side, it's uh, it's just ones to pull your hair out. Now, yeah. up next, we're uh, we're going to have a look at uh, that round eight preview, and then we're going to have a look at the uh, the buy, hold, and sell for the futures. We've got uh, Nick Tedeschi going to talk NRL. It's an early look. It's a Monday show. Uh, Mark and I haven't really discussed many of their matches, so maybe we'll uh, we'll start doing a Monday or Tuesday show going forward. So who knows? The Wednesday show could be dead and buried. Mark? Uh, <laughs> not sure. They're, I mean, the, the problem is with the Monday show, you don't get uh, a lot of information out already. Uh, prices are only mm. new. Um, I, I like to spend the Monday actually having some bets, Nick, so, um, you know, picking, up, picking off some soft numbers and stuff. But... Uh, yeah, I, I saw your plan down the track where you, you'd like to have a show either daily or Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure whether our days are off. I'm not sure it's going to suit young Darcy either. Mm. Uh, well, she might have to check in from the boat that she seems to be sailing around. Sunday, like, she's, yeah. uh, she's dropping some amazing content. She's got a fair uh, little uh, team there up on the Wednesday Sundays. But we might not be able to get her back. I'm so off the bit, the bit here. haven't even turned my alarms off for this week's show. Someone who is absolutely jogging is Nick Tedeschi, 49% pot for 
for round nine, 4.2 unit profit, and he's now going at uh, 10.5% for the season. Make sure you check out GGOA in the Little Birdie Shop. He's going to talk NRL with us, and, of course, we're powered by punningform.com.au, Australia's best online form database. That's the database we'll be using to do the form for the bulldozer. All the boys are up and about, ready for the bulls, so make sure you jump in the stream. Also, up next, we'll talk round eight AFL. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting through the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG here. He's licking his wounds. The cat's let him down. He got the market right, uh, but he got the uh, the result wrong. The Swans were too strong. They come back from the dead, 29 points. But this week, we're back on deck, and we're having a look at round eight. And I tell you what, there's no time to snooze here because we've got Richmond Tigers versus Geelong Cats, the blockbuster on Friday night. Odds are on the screen, courtesy of topsport.com.au, and the Tigers, $1.57. Cats 237 and the line 8.5. Take us away, MG. Yeah, another cracking uh, Friday night. So we'll be uh, trying to get through uh, a couple of days at the Bull and then get back and get into it. So Friday night's a great game to kick off with uh, Richmond Geelong. Um, I think, uh, you know, we've seen uh, a slight move already this morning for for Richmond. Mm. Uh, they did open up at 7. They've gone to 8 uh, in this game. Uh, and I, I just think... I just think early, I think, you know, you'd only want to be back in Richmond right now um, at around this price. Um, I don't think it's gravely wrong, um, but I could see maybe Richmond pushing to maybe 9 or 10 um, as the week goes on. Uh, just a few factors. Um, obviously, Richmond at the MCG, we've seen how dominant they are at the MCG. Um, I just The thing that worries me about Geelong, off a six-day break and an mm. interstate trip, not a great combination coming back um, to play against uh, Richmond. Um, other stats that I like, Richmond, uh, the MCG being, you know, they're very, obviously very good over the last couple of years, um, but they've they've won four of their last five against uh, the Cats at the MCG, and they've also won their last three against Geelong. So Dusty th- back? He's... There's a few stats, yeah. Um, they'll lose Cotchin. Um, Is that much, though, these days? Uh, I like Cotchin in Richmond's side. I think um, it's not so much the stats that he puts on. I think it's more the role he plays, and um, you see when Cotchin's out, Richmond's record's nowhere near as good, so... Um, but getting Dusty back won't hurt on the back of what they did last week. He's only the best player in the game. Mm. Um, Shy Bolton seems to have gone to a new level. He's sort of everywhere. He bobs up in the forward line. Yeah. He's he's working as hard as ever, isn't he? He's gone to the next level. Yeah, he kind of played uh, a bit what Dusty Dusty did while he was out, I guess. I think that's been well stated. He had a cracking game. Kicks goals as well, so that always helps. Um, yeah, having Dusty back fresh, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. Um and, uh, you know, I, I think if you're going to bet early in this week, uh, in this game, sorry, I, I'd be following Richmond early. And maybe if you're uh, keen on Geelong, I, th- I think you might see closer to maybe plus nine, plus ten mm. come game time. Obviously, we're without injuries and we haven't set the full injury reports through. But uh, right now, I just think Richmond are on the cheap side. Mm, another, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll, I think I'll wait and wait and see for that much. I, I think the market looks too right for me. Right. I couldn't I couldn't tell you either way there yet. Saturday night, we've got uh, Metricon Stadium, or sorry, Saturday afternoon at 2.10 Metricon. We've got uh, Gold Coast Suns and St Kilda, 185 the Suns, 195 the Saints. Yeah, um, yeah, note that this game is during the day and not at night, so I think that takes away a bit of the advantage that Gold Coast hold. Um, I like backing 
Uh, I, I like being on, I guess, the sides more of Brisbane and Gold Coast up there when they're at night. Mm-hmm. I think during the day it kind of neutralises their uh, advantage a bit. Well, why would you say that? Is it the, the dew factor, yeah. the dew on the ball, yeah, I they just, handle the conditions better? Yeah, I just think they're used to it mm. when they're trained and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so you really need to like the other side when you oppose them at night as opposed mm-hmm. during the day. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm surprised actually. I, I, St Kilda actually opened up last night at minus two and a half. I mm. uh, went to pick and now some have actually shaded um, Gold Coast by one at the moment. So, um, you know, which is good for me. I'm going to hold off in this game. I actually like St Kilda in this game um, just at the price. Um, I know they're a hard team to catch. Both, both teams are... Well, they've both come off. They've beaten up two bad sides. Hawthorne's a yeah, bad true. side, and and so is Collingwood. Yeah, not taking too much form. I, I think the win for the Gold Coast out of the two were bigger uh, mm. to come down at the MCG. I know Collingwood are on the rack, um, but um, uh, Gold Coast are, uh, haven't performed well at the MCG, so it's a big win for them. Uh, and I, I like the style they went about it, beating Collingwood on the weekend. I, I know it's not great, but the, just their style is going well. They'll test and kill it, no doubt. Um, and obviously, the early support is for for the Gold Coast, so. Um, again, if, if if you like Gold Coast, maybe the way the market is tracking early, you want to get on them. Um, I, I'm lucky I can sit back on this game. I think uh, we'll get the pull out of the way during the week. <laughs> Friday night looks like uh, you know Richmond might get me, and then then I'll look to wake up Saturday and, and maybe take better than even money on St Kilda. Mm, I'd probably lean the Saints way for sure. Saturday uh, night we've got Melbourne Demons play Sydney Swans. We've got uh, the D's a dollar twenty three, four ten the Swans, and the line twenty six and a half. There, the D's look to be uh, look to be jogging. They did. They beat the Kangas in second gear, but uh, I think yeah. the, the live in play flux that I saw with Top Sport were, I think it was like a dollar one they jumped the D's and they got out to a dollar fifty two or dollar fifty three for about sixty seconds, and I was about to pull the trigger on the D's, but uh, can't bet online, which is yeah. another bugbear and just absolutely crazy yeah, that you can't bet in run in two thousand twenty one. But uh, yeah, yeah the price the price disappeared very very quickly with the D's. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on this Saturday night clash? Sydney off the win against Geelong. They yeah. need yeah. Have they turned the corner again. The Swans. Have they had the little let up? No, or you don't buy into it. Um, I, I think the line looks a tad tad big to me. Uh, just taking a line through. Um, you know what what Melbourne did against North Melbourne. Maybe they just completely switched off uh, and frightened themselves in the second half. Um, so may, maybe their attitude might be a bit better at home coming up against Sydney, who, yeah, as you said, a big win off Geelong. They might have a little let down off that. Um, but by the same token, I think Sydney are, are a more competitive side, and I don't think this will be an overly high-scoring game. Um, so the plus 28 at the moment looks uh, looks healthy, and if I was having a play, which I, I don't think I will bet in this game, we'll find these teams a bit hard to catch, even though Melbourne are undefeated, but just in terms of talking the line, mm. um you know, if I was going to have uh, a play, I'd lean to Sydney at the plus 28 at the moment because there is some weather around as well. Mm, 28 uh, and a half into 26 and a half there. The Swans, Sunday afternoon, we've got a very interesting match over in Perth and it's uh, it's Fremantle versus Brisbane. Not sure how they're going to do go with the crowds or yeah. the, actually the state of things in Perth at the moment. It's phenomenal to think that there's three cases of COVID and there was no crowd at the derby. Yeah, it was mind blowing again. Yeah, yeah, because normally, uh, you know, packed house over there is always good viewing on television as well. So it was a bit strange, and they missed out on a cracking game too. Mm. It was it was really high level. Um, Fremantle and West Coast. Maybe the pressure wasn't as high, but geez, the goal kicking was good, and um, 
uh, you know, some some of the plays were outstanding on both sides. Um, I know West Coast ran away with it, but uh, Freo went okay, I thought. Um, but, geez, when, when you line them up, Brisbane absolutely crushed Port, uh, one by about 50, and then Freo lose by 10 goals. So coming in just to this week on last week's form, they're a mile apart. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, the, I really do like Brisbane in this game. I think they look on the cheap side at minus 10. Uh, there's been no market move in this game. So, um, you know, I, I think the price might hold up in this game by saying that. Frio at home, um, they were 3-0 and at, at home before playing West Coast and obviously bo- both at home. So, um, you know, they're undefeated outside uh, of West Coast at home. So I, I've got a feeling that the market will hold up and may even just shade Frio in the betting here. Mm. Um, Interesting one here, yeah. So odds courtesy of Top Sport on the screen now. We've got Brisbane Lions 154, Dockers 245. And yeah, the line's just gone ten and a half into nine and a half there. Yeah, so just, here, mate, it's a bit, it, it, it's it's a bit strange for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Brisbane, and and when you go do the form, I, cu- I come up with a number favouring their side. Um, but there are factors against, as I said, the home ground advantage, um, and and the travel. It's a tough road trip either when you go from Brisbane to Perth or, or vice versa. Those teams generally don't travel well. Um, but by say. By saying that, Brisbane have actually got a pretty good record against Freeman or over in Perth. They they have won recently. So, um, yeah, I, at this stage, I, I lean towards Brisbane. I, I think they're one of the better bets for the week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'll be uh, chips in on Brisbane and just sort of like the fact that it's late in the late in the week as well. Hopefully, so. you got plenty of chips after this week. Uh, I would have thought we'll be uh, we'll be right. It's been uh, it's a good 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 couple of weeks lately, and uh, I think yeah, I said last week that I wasn't that keen to play much of the AFL and yeah just chips in on on the cats similar to you um and but port I guess let me down significantly but uh this does look like a much much better betting week and I'd be very surprised MG if you can't uh, salvage a good result there make sure you check out AFL stings in the little birdie shop if you want marks full analysis he uh he's I think he drops about five or six pages of uh of gold there so this round eight make sure you check out the AFL stings Mark will produce the document before he goes to the bull and he'll do it absolutely sober as a judge so no worries about that let's uh have a look at uh, buy hold and sell this is where we have a look at the futures markets we'll talk AFL premiership first Richmond Tigers have cemented their position on top there 460 I've written them off for the season so lo and behold here they come after half time and destroy Western Bulldogs. 460, the Tigers. Melbourne, uh, 550. Port Adelaide, 550. Six bucks, Western Bulldogs. Nine dollars, the Cats. 950, the Lions. Nice little trim up there in from 13. West Coast Eagles, $10. Sydney Swans, 21. 31, the Giants. And uh, write your own ticket, the rest pretty much. Uh, yeah. Gee, you could throw a blanket over this field, and the bookies are just saying to me that it's anyone's. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's almost like hardly anything's changed from the start of the mm. year. Almost with some of these prices kind of bouncing back, and you know the the, the weekend just gone. There was a, you know there was a few um, that straightened up, and you know Richmond getting back in the game as well. You know a big difference if they lose two in a row, uh, but then they split out on the two tough games, and obviously what they do to Geelong this week. So um, I don't think the Richmond backers are going anywhere. They're pretty happy. Um, they'll go in favourites against Geelong this week, and if they get over that little tough stretch two and one, um, their draw opens up a bit, but. Yeah, not much has changed, I don't think. Um, you know, the, the top seven sides are all in there. Um, you know, um, I, I, th- I think still with, you know, looking for soft draws, West Coast have got a, a nice little period for, coming up for them, if you like them. Brisbane seem to have got over their hurdle as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, play as you want. 
mm. the premiership at the moment. Yeah, the uh, the Western Bulldogs are still the team that uh, I've got the early ticket on, mm-hmm. and uh, I just don't think they're any value at the current stage. But uh, let's have a look at the Brownlow medal market. Christian Petrarca, Mark was on him at nineteen dollars, and now he's the uh, the favourite here. Five fifty, Dustin Martin six fifty, the Bont seven fifty, Boke thirteen dollars, Sam Walsh fourteen, Ollie Wines fifteen, Max Gorn sixteen dollars, Jackie Steele eighteen dollars, and then you've got Nat Five eighteen, and then. Tim Kelly, $21. Interesting, uh, Tim Kelly, no marks from yesterday's match. Phenomenal for 42 possessions. Yeah, creating a new record. <laughs> 42 touches without a mark. That's uh, pretty hard to do, I would assume. Well, it's great, great in history. I think he knocked off Gary Ablett, um, the tweet we saw. So that was a bit of information there. Yeah, the Brandlow was actually a pretty quiet week. Um, there wasn't too many um, of the high profile, uh, say in the top 10 or 15 of the betting, um, the pile probably outside of T. Kelly. Um, so not much has really changed from the week before. Um, obviously, with the Bulldogs losing, and Ma- Melbourne's two were, um, or Petrarca didn't have a great game. Um, so, yeah, not too much has changed. So it's a bit uh, bit play on this week in the Brownlow. Similar story for the Coleman medal. The odds courtesy of topsport.com.au on your screen now. You've got Harry McKay, Mackay. Three dollars eighty. You got Tex Walker three eighty. Jack Rewalt five fifty. Tommy Lynch nine dollars. Josh J Kennedy ten dollars. Charlie Dixon eleven. Darling fifteen. Toby Green sixteen. Tomahawk similar quote fifteen. And then Aaron Norton twenty one. Charlie Cameron, Eric Hipwood, and Jeremy Cameron, Joe Danaher all on that same quote. No fat there, MG. Yeah, no, it's um pretty quiet week actually at the top for the Coleman. Just looks like being a great race this year. Mm. Um, not one we get involved in too early, but as the year goes on, we might. And uh, all of a sudden, Walker's leads only one. So uh, you'd be let's just look, put put the two favourites in, play bookie, yeah. just lay them. Oh, I think so. I think the bookies be pretty happy to lay the uh, the top two in the betting. Just see when the big boys start to uh, get going in the next couple of weeks. I assume, um, but yeah, if you like one, you got plenty of plenty of value out there. If you look down the list, Harry McCoy kicked a goal from directly in front. Drop uh, punt. Drop punt. Had a little bit of a bit of a crooked steer on it. Tried to tried to fall out, but I was buoyed to see that. He won't, he won't be doing it too often <laughs> this year. He, he's a snapologist. We've called him now. Uh, he loves a snapper. Hey, it's working for him. He's kicked twenty six goals, I think. Um, I believe he's kicked, he, he's nearly at his best already. So through seven rounds, I think he's nearly at his career best for goals. So uh, he's up and about, Harry Mackay. If you want to have a bet on the futures or any of the round eight action, make sure you bet with a bookmaker you can trust. Topsport.com.au. They've been in the game for 35 years. Give Tristan and his team a call. And even betting in play in the run, you can get some uh, fantastic prices in play. Uh, the game and the odds just chop and change, so make sure you're betting smart. Don't don't dive into the obvious and uh, just wait for the game to turn on its head. I got egg on my face from Friday night's game, and uh, yeah, I coughed up uh, a pretty penny. But uh, I'll be back into it this week and can't wait for round eight after we get through the bull. Up next, we'll talk Hall of Fame and NRL with Top Rope Tradition. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. This is a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. Got MG licking his wounds, and it's time to talk to our favourite, Top Rope Tedeschi, to talk Rugby League and Hall of Fame. Welcome back, Top Rope. Good to be here, boys. Uh, Gee, we're we're on a quick backup here for Monday. Here we are. How good it! Uh, it's the bull, and I tell you what. Uh, oh, quick, quickly, quickly. Firstly, a uh, little bit of a hat tip to you, Broncos off the stick. Wow. 
a little 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 something for the battlers out there. It's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wasn't feeling that crash hot up at 22 nil down for about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to call it a night. But, uh, uh, no, they came back well. Uh, one of those games that it was, well, I, I didn't love the Broncos, but I sure as hell wasn't taking the Titans at that price. It was just a, a price play there. So uh, it was a good week overall. Good week for the subscribers. Good week for the listeners. So uh, up and about. Are you going to say something there, Mark? Yeah, top rope goes something for the battlers. How many battlers <laughs> does top rope know? Oh, I'm mixing some very low circles. Some <laughs> very low circles. He's in the corporate suite the week before next to PVL, his love, his love child, and now all of a sudden he's, he's hanging out with the battlers? I don't think so. Mm, absolutely jogging our man top rope and doesn't mind getting wide. I had a little chat to him yesterday and he was uh, crying about a sick beat in the ladies' golf. He bets every day and if it uh, doesn't end in why, he's not betting. But uh, 4.2 unit profit last week and he's just chugging over at uh, 10% profit for the year. So make sure you check out his sets, GGOA. If you're you're new to rugby league betting, he is the perfect man to steer you that way. Now, Hall of Fame time this week, and there's been uh, oh, it's it's been huge really. Melbourne Storm we inducted into the Hall of Fame last week, and they're just becoming auto bet territory with or without Pappenhausen. They are a get on every week, and something else caught my eye. Mattress Mac popped up at the Kentucky Derby. He. Uh, Viewers of the show, regulars would know the top rope inducted him about six to eight weeks ago. That's how far ahead of the game we are. But I think he backed essential quality. So he's done 2.4 milli cold, your man mattress. Top rope. Yeah, no, I was happy with that. I found the winner of the Kentucky Derby. So I was uh, more than happy <laughs> for mattress to go down there. So, uh, <laughs> what, else, what else are you going to do on a Sunday morning? On the golf course at nine in the morning and having a, having a little throw. <laughs> Oh, too good. I had a man over there. Shout out to my man Charlie Cox over there. He was with the connections of the uh, the winning stable throughout the tip. And uh, uh, God bless you, champ. It was a, a win for the ages. Mm, Bob Baffert's probably a worthy contender. He just seems to produce the results day in, day out. And maybe uh, a little – we've had Rick McIntosh, I think, in the uh, Little Birdie Hall of Fame in the past. But what about – This this time about, last year, I think. I think we, yeah. I think we dedicated him <laughs> at, the, at Bull Week last year. I reckon maybe the bull itself, or maybe I reckon the bull, the side punting games that we play. I remember being at Betfair Function a couple of years ago with some notorious gamblers, and I think it was about 11 o'clock at night, and that's probably 12 hours into the drink for the day, and we were ch- chucking down 20s and 50s, and it was two coins up against the wall. How's those good games down at the bull? It's it's a free-for-all, isn't it, MG? Yeah, we were talking about how, how much uh, the crowd loves the two-up after the last on Thursday. <laughs> Um, we're not sure the gentleman that brings the two-up coins down uh, or even how it starts, but you can guarantee every year after a last race, all of a sudden uh, five or ten people turns into a couple of hundred people before the uh, the authorities shut it down. But uh, we get a good 45 minutes to an hour of two-up and uh, the atmosphere is electric. I love it. So uh, kudos to uh, the bloke who brings the two-up. You're a headsman or a tailsman there, MJ? Uh I go against the crowd, so I like to pun out the uh, find the punter who's just dropped his head, maybe uh, has lost two or three in a row, and looking to dig out and just give him a nudge. Uh, and you know, it's a bit like the roulette table top, right? You you know, you see a load of uh, blacks or reds on the board, and you always go the other way. Yeah, you, you, people go up, and you and you try to explain it's still you know around about fifty fifty. So if there's a couple of heads in a row, and the guy keeps going, I just nudge him to. Uh, Tip his hand in double or nothing. You, you do. <laughs> All right. So maybe uh, that's a good good uh, nomination for this week. The bull, the bull's little side bets. There's so many side 
markets up and up and going. There's people are just betting on anything. Right up your alley, top row. Yeah. Oh, I, I look, I love it. I think we've got, I think we're going to pop this nomination. Uh, I was, uh, I was going to nominate the great Banner Strand in honour of the bull. Yeah, the only horse to jump uh, jump one more fence in the Grand Annual, get out into the crowd and jump a few more. So uh, one of the greats, one of the great comeback stories of all time as well, just a horse who just wants to jump. And that's what the bull is all about. But you know what? Anything. Yeah, betting on coins against the wall, Michael Jordan style, betting on two up on a day that's not ended that day. Good enough for me, punters. The bull side alley. Let's get it on. <laughs> oh, fantastic stuff. We're going to uh, take a short little break and we're going to preview all of round nine NRL markets. Make sure if you've got the main action at the bull in your sites, open up an account with topsport.com.au and support them. They are Australia's biggest betting bookie. And the best thing is they don't turn you off. They're not like other corporates. They love to have a bet. And so make sure you have a swing with topsport.com.au. Up next, NRL chat. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting by professionals. I'm your host, Scoot. We've got MG, and it's top rope Tedeschi time. We're going to have a look at round nine action. I tell you what, South Sydney Rabbitohs and Storm Thursday night footy at Stadium Australia. Odds courtesy of topsport.com.au on the screen now. It's $1.44, the Storm away favourites, two seventy five, the Boonoirs, and the line at six and a half. Take us away, top rope. Uh I reckon we. I think we've already got Adam Reynolds in the Hall of Fame, but he almost made it again last week for those thirteen plus punters kicking a penalty after the siren to get the uh, the bunnies home last week to get the thirteen plus home. God bless him. Uh, but uh, hard game, a cracking game at South have been absolutely cast by injuries. Adam Reynolds out six weeks. Uh, Cameron Murray out potentially for the year. They've already got Latrell suspended. There's a host of concerns. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, your man MG, the Pat, I think he's back this week. Uh, teams to be named tomorrow, but I think he's a good chance of returning. Uh, the minus six and a half has to be a bet here. The, the South have beaten Melbourne five times in history, going back to 1998. So uh, the Storm have dominated this matchup. They they just get winning, and they get winning by big margins. Storm has scored, has covered four straight against South, but they've scored 40 plus in four of their last five games this year. So. Uh, I've got to be on the storm, especially with Pat, Pat on the return. return. Mm, Hall of Fame. We say it every week. It's an auto bet. I'm not sure why we preview their match, MG. There might be a crush <laughs> on Thursday night. Imagine all the winners from the ball three days in a row, and then they look up Thursday night when they get in the uh, Pappenhausen. They get into the pub at the Cali or something. Pappenhausen any time. The, the next match to rolls the storm on a six and a half with top rope declaring them. Cheers. <laughs> this line will end up ten. It's just what the punters want. It's what the punters want. It's what the punters need. I tell you what, he uh, he didn't win a car, uh, courtesy of the Cats uh, last week. But I tell you what, MG might be chips in here on the storm. And looking at Friday night's footy, there's already a market on the move here at Top Sport. Penrith Stadium, we've got the Penrith Panthers versus Cronulla Panthers, dollar ten actually, seven dollars the Sharks, and the line's just gone eighteen and a half into seventeen and a half. Top rope. Uh, lean the minus here. Uh, big minuses have been uh, generally money all year. Penrith at home, uh, money they've covered 22 or 33 at Penrith Stadium. Nine or 12 is a double-digit favourite. Didn't get the cover against uh, against AMG's bridesmaid, Tommy Turbo, last week. He came good. I know he did well for you there, Scooty, but uh, 
Uh, I, I just the Sharks have covered one of five as a double digit dog. They were blown off the puck pretty easily that second half against Storm last week. Oh, I just think the Panthers love too much firepower. It's a big line, uh, leaning the minus. Hmm. Interesting play there. Looks very, very big in the early money there, as I said, uh, for Cronulla at the uh, the plus. But Top Rope has made an absolute uh, fortune on the, these big minuses, so make sure you listen carefully. Now, Friday night, the other match there, interesting here out at Bankwest Stadium, odds courtesy of Top Sport. We've got Parramatta Eels, $1.56. We've got the Roosters, the Chooks, $2.40, and the line is a flat four. Wow, you don't often see the Roosters with the flat four there, top rope. You don't often see the Roosters with this many players out there. It's uh, Brett Morris did his ACL. Probably that's his career done and dusted, the fourth greatest try scorer in history. Uh, Lindsay Collins, the Queensland prop, he's out for the year now. Uh, TBC, who's returning, hopefully James Tedesco is back for the Chooks. But, uh, yeah, this, this line is probably yeah, close to the other way with the Roosters anywhere near full strength. But... The injuries just get worse. But, yeah, the good news is this kid, young Sam Walker, uh, has been absolutely outstanding in only his fifth game of first grade last week. Uh, with Anthony Seabold, the Broncos coach, who told him he was only going to be a fullback, the reason he left for the Roosters, uh, <laughs> scored uh, set five tries, five try assists against uh, the Newcastle Knights, of which Anthony Seabold is an assistant coach. So not a shout-out to the great Anthony Seabold, possibly the biggest goose in rugby league history. Uh, we were back to back to more pressing matters. The current game. Uh, <laughs> just couldn't help uh, yourself. Oh, it's a whack. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. Well, just a just a Monday afternoon whack. Uh, the I've got a bit of the chooks here. I, I I do I do think this is still a bit over oversaturated. I think we're going to see young Joseph Suwali. Is uh, a good chance of making his debut this week. If Teddy's back, I the plus four is a good play. The Eels have covered us two of seven against Bankwest. Five of 15 went favourite. They've made a habit of beating up on bad sides. I, I want to see them prove themselves against a, a, a really good team in this show. I know they beat the Storm earlier, but things were just getting rolling. But uh, uh, I, I think the, the Roosters plus four is a bet in this one. Interesting stuff. Now, uh, the get-out stakes on Sunday afternoon is at uh, Jubilee Stadium. We've got the St. George Dragons, $1.28 over the Canterbury Bulldogs. Top ropes team, three sixty-five. And the line there is ten and a half top rope. Yeah, so the Bulldogs have failed to cover uh, eight straight of a loss of thirteen plus. They've failed to cover seven straight day games. They've failed to cover five or six getting double digits. And I'm declaring was the better of the week. The Bulldogs plus plus ten and a half. Uh, we got the money on on Sunday with the Tigers, uh, which is pretty much this is pretty much the same bet. It was not a bet on the Tigers. This was a bet against the Dragons as a big favourite. <laughs> Double-digit favourites off a loss, covered as 43% since 2016. The Dragons aren't very good, though. The preseason wouldn't, wouldn't spoon favourites. They've covered yeah. a 6 of 18 when favoured by 6.5 points. I've, I've got to take the double-digit start in this one. I think it's just a, a, a very good bet. I can't see this line starting any more than eight, so I'll be jumping on the, the, the dogs on this one. Mm, definitely looks big, especially off the back of last weekend's results. Now, something we're making an absolute meal of is lock of the week. I tell you what, 
That said, top rope Tedeschi, he was probably the knight in shining armour. He had the Broncos at the plus in the West Tigers at the plus. He's turned his 200 into $722. And we're doing this to try and get to $5,000 for raise.org.au. But uh, it is tough, tough going. I think I had $1,000 in the kick. And I did a little multi-storm head-to-head into Port Adelaide Power. And the lights were out very, very early. They didn't show up for charity. And I am absolutely filthy on that. Uh, I was sort of toing and froing. Is it the Cats? Is it Geelong? Is it the Port Power? It didn't matter in the end. I've done the thousand cold. So I'm back to square one. MG thinks it's funny. No, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I, I want to see someone get to the 5,000. I'm happy top ropes. Uh, what are we? <laughs> seventh, seventh of the way there. <laughs> top rope. So... Um, no, it's it's good. We'll get there. Someone will get there. It's all right. <laughs> you know, you don't want to get there too early because then what are we going to do for lock of the week? You know, the five thousand already achieved. So, you know, unless you show a bit of patience. Well, also, get... also, the kids are earning a valuable life lesson that you don't always get what you want. You don't always get it straight <laughs> away. So, we're not we're not giving them dollars, but we're teaching them a few very valuable life lessons right now. Uh, raise.org.au they find mentors for kids in their teenage formative years <laughs> and uh, MG he uh, he had his 200 on West Coast at the minus last week they jumped pick him so it didn't matter anyway West Coast absolutely jog trotted in so Top Rope's got $722 MG's got 380 and I'm back to $200 take us away uh, Top Rope who have you got this week for Lock of the Week we're bookending this week we're going to open with the Melbourne Storm off the stick and we're going to go into the Bulldogs plus 10.5, 273. Get it on there. We'll get ourselves to what around just around the, the, the two large mark. And then we're going to go, we're going to go home next week. If we get to this two large, <laughs> we're going to that five next week. It's going to be a big week. <laughs> I'm cheering hard. Well, I don't have to cheer this. I don't have to cheer the storm. They're a given, aren't they? Um, what am Sorry. I going to do? Oh, this week I'm uh, I'm going to have uh, GWS both head to head GWS at uh, I think they're about dollar forty five and I'm going to tip St Kilda at the Pickham against Gold Coast so mm. I think I'm around the seven or four two seventy five for the three eighty. MG, all right, I'm going to go cross code. That's uh, that's my only edge in this competition. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Guess who's good he's going to pick? He's going to uh, forgive his Port Adelaide power against Adelaide. The Western Bulldogs will touch up Carlton on the rebound. Brisbane Lions will be too good for Fremantle. And I hate to say it, the Melbourne Storm will be too strong for the Bunnies. Ren Diggity out, Scooty out. Definitely the Melbourne Storm there. So it's 356 times 200. I don't muck around with my lock of the week. I just try and blast back into contention. And uh, that will be the job done. So... Get around us this week. Get around us yeah, this week for the lock of the week. Get yeah, around I, us. I, I feel much better about this week rather than last week, even though I declared Port Adelaide. Yeah, that's okay. You had your bad one. You, <laughs> you realise this competition is not as easy as it looks now, Skeet. We didn't want you going straight to a line, so now, now he'll knuckle down and uh, get on his way. Short, sharp. The good thing action. about Monday is we can't get in our heads. We can't get in our heads this week. We're just straight into it. We've just declared a few. We haven't seen anything resembling a team list. We don't know what's going on, but there were just good things everywhere early in the week. Smart man said to me one day that uh, your first bet of the week is probably your smartest. So if the field's come out on Wednesday or Thursday for the gallops, whatever your first thought is and your first bet, that should be your biggest. And it's probably the same for AFL and NRL. You you find what the bookie's mistake is first, and then you just plough into that. So hopefully we can get lock of the week going for raise.org.au. Top rope, Tadeshi, uh, enjoy your time. Probably watching the stream this week, won't you, big fella, for uh, three days? 
at the ball? Oh, every day, every day. I'm ball stream. I'm all about the ball this week. We're all <laughs> full steam ahead into the ball. MG will be at the Cali. Make sure if uh, you're not doing anything, try and squeeze your way into the Wednesday up night function. I think it opens up at 5.30 and it'll go until the bar tab runs dry. A substantial bar tab. I think uh, it'll be pretty hard to uh, drink it. So even if you can't get in early, make sure you call in after dinner. The boys will be uh, drinking beers in the back marquee at the Cali. It's in Ferry Street. And uh, hopefully the uh, the fairies are good good for us on the uh, live stream. But uh, good luck over the Warnable Carnival MG on your liver and on the back pocket. Yeah, hopefully we're uh, we're straight onto the goose Wednesday night. It'll be good actually if we can. Uh, we've had a couple of good Tuesdays. Not obviously last year was out, but the couple of years before the Tuesdays have been our best days. So very good to get off to a good start. Um, order extra bottles of goose into the clubs afterwards and the pubs. Um, but no, nah, I mean the weather. The weather looks a bit dicey tomorrow <laughs> on yeah. the Tuesday. It's probably a gumboot day. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome three days. Yeah, hopefully uh, the health survives. The liver's not uh, too drained, but um, uh, it's good. Be looking forward to seeing everyone down there. It'd be great. Fantastic stuff. Make sure if you see Mark at the Bull, you say good day, and make sure you uh, have a drink with him at the Cali on Wednesday. It is Chips in Melbourne Storm this Thursday night for everyone, and if you want AFL stings, make sure you check out the Little Birdie Shop. Uh, watch uh, the stream on Little Birdie TV on YouTube, or make sure you get around Apple or Spotify to pick up all our podcasts. We've got three shows going at the moment. We've got the Little Birdie podcast, we've got Bet Doctor, and we've got our new show, Briz Vegas. So check out all the action. We are the Punters Pals, and so are our major sponsors, Top Sport and Punning Form. We'll uh, we'll see you in the bull.